Welcome to the RMM TV podcast. I'm Rennie McLean. We speak and we teach on the supernatural, how you, as an ordinary person, can do extraordinary things. Hi, I'm Dr. Marina McLean. The supernatural is meant to be lived naturally, and we do that through the teachings and instructions that you find right here on the RMM TV podcast. So, sign up today on the RMM TV podcast. Amen. Well, let me just say this to you right now. I woke up this morning and I had already prepared what I was going to teach. And then the Lord said to me, no, he said to me, there's a shift. And he said, I want you to bring my people into this shift. And I said, Lord, so what do you want me to speak on? And he said to me, I want you to speak to my people on and I'm saying it to you the way he said it to me. He said to me, speak on the faith of Jesus as a man. What was Jesus' faith like as a man? Now, I want you to hear me very clearly because this is very important. There's going to be a lot of transitions in the spirit realm tonight because I believe that a lot of questions are going to be answered and it's going to usher you into a new place with God. I want you to bear this in mind that Jesus said, and you're going to keep hearing me say this because it's the word of God and if it's the word of God, it is true. Jesus said, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? That's what he said. So Jesus, knowing what the time would be like before his return, I want you to bear in mind, he says that question in advance because he said it 2,000 years ago. So it's a prophetic question. Will I find faith on the earth? Now, I want you to listen to this because we're going to go into a lot of things tonight and I want you to hear me very clearly. I want you to write these things down because I'm going to promise you I'm speaking slow so that you can write them all down. This is very important. In the Old Testament, We recognize that Abraham was and is the father of faith. It's very interesting because I want you to acknowledge this, that Muslims acknowledge Abraham. Jews acknowledge Abraham. Sorry, Muslims acknowledge Abraham as their father. So there's a revelation in understanding Abraham, even if it's perverted by way of other religions. But in the New Testament, Jesus Christ is the author of what Abraham was in the Old Testament, the father of. So it's two different people. And so 
we're going to learn faith from a whole different perspective because your life, hear what I'm telling you, your faith hangs on you understanding faith. Because we're told to speak by faith. We're told to walk by faith. We're told to live by faith. That is the command of God. So that is important. Now hear this now. Let's look at the faith of Jesus as a man. Go with me quickly to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It starts out by saying this. I am crucified with Christ. I want you to notice your life with him starts at death. It doesn't start at any other place. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. So is Paul confused? What is he talking about? But he then says, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, in the flesh, in the flesh, in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I want you to hear it again. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Hear it again. Not anybody else's faith. We live it by the faith of the Son of God. So what was Jesus' faith like? How did he operate in it? Why was the supernatural to him normal? Even he was God, yet man. And he functioned in the earth in the supernatural as man. So that means we have to understand how he walked and moved. So we're going to look very closely at this. And I promise you a lot of questions are going to be answered. Go with me quickly now to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7, from the Amplified Bible. So we're going to look at this faith now. Now hear how it starts out now. You're almost not, most of the scriptures I'm going to read, you're not even going to relate it to faith. And that's the problem. Listen to this. And I'm reading to you from the Amplified. It says, then... Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O Lord, to fulfill what is written of me in the scroll of the book. In other words, to understand Jesus Christ and how he moved in this dimension. Everything with Jesus began with the will of God. 
Now hear it. Faith comes by hearing. But it begins as a life in the will of God. In that you're going to find it very hard. You are going to find it very hard to operate in faith when you're not in the will of God. You say why? Because you're fighting the force. You're going against where God wants you to be. That's why there's a lot of struggles and there's a lot of tragedies in faith. You say, why? Because we're trying to operate faith from a carnal perspective. So when you're not in the will of God, then guess what? Faith cannot be faith. So what would work for Jesus would not work for you. Because Jesus was a hundred percent dependent on the will of God for everything he said and did. When people say to you, well, I believe God permitted it didn't happen. The question is, is it, was it the will of God? And if it is the will of God, then why is it so hard to come by? That's the first point you have to get by. You have to get in your spirit, man. We know faith comes by hearing. But it begins in the will of God. Hear me right now. The place of safety in the end times that we are living in, it's not the church. Now, this is going to sound real hard for a lot of preachers to hear. Your place of safety is not the church. You say, what is the place of safety? The place of safety is the will of God. And God's will is characterized by supernaturalism. There is no way a person can claim to be in the will of God and not have the supernatural operating in their life. So where you're looking for faith, faith is not the issue. The issue is the will of God. And hear what Jesus said. He said, this is a prophetic statement regarding Jesus. Behold, I have come to do your will. To fulfill what is written of me in the scroll of the book. That was all that Jesus cared about. He wasn't interested in anything else. So the question right now is this. Are you in the will of God? St. John 6 verse 38 it says for i have come down from heaven not to do my own will but to do the will of him who sent me so in other words jesus was preconditioned he was predetermined now you and i know the little that I know about computers is this. A computer only has what you put in it. It's what you load in it. And hear what the, and hear what the scripture says now. He says, I've come to do your will. I want you right now to say it aloud after me. Father, 
I am here to do your will. Now, hear me now. Everything else doesn't matter because it's the will of God that ultimately will prevail in your life. Say amen if you believe that. Say amen if you believe it, that the will of God is what will prevail in your life. Okay, he, he, hear it now, hear it now. I want you to hear it again, please. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So, the will of God in Jesus' life, it gave him divine authorization. So, in other words, he could not do his own thing. The reason why he could not do his own thing was he wasn't preconditioned to. That was not where his mind was. That was not where his heart was. Anything that didn't please the Father, anything that was not of the Father, he would not dare do it. So hear it again. The will of God gave Jesus, sorry, the will of the Father gave Jesus divine authorization. No person can live in the will of God without faith. It is impossible. It is impossible. Because when you are in the will of God, remember what I said to you, God's will is characterized by what? Supernaturalism. So in other words, if nothing supernatural is happening, then you have to question, are you in the will of God? And at what point did you leave the will of God? Oh, I tell you, this is, this is so powerful to me. Listen to this now. John 5, verse 30. I can... Of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which sent me. Jesus was more reliant on the will of the Father than he was his faith to do a thing. The issue that we have today in the church is that our faith today has become perverted because it's what we want to do. And when bad things happen, we then say, well, I believe. Hear me. Your faith doesn't fix everything. You know when faith fixes everything is when it's in the will of God. You know what God's word is to the church? Get Back to the will of God. Leave the agendas and the programs of man behind. Get back to the will of God. You say, why? Because that's where things happen in your life. Watch this now. Here's this question I'm going to ask you now. What does God's will do? What does God's will do? Write this down. 
Number one, God's will, it's a hedge of protection. It's the parameter of God for your life. Hear it again. What does God's will do? It's the hedge of protection for your life. Now, listen to this good. Do you think that the devil does not know the difference between when you're in the will of God and when you stepped out of it? When you step out of the will of God, guess what? He knows you are no longer authorized. You don't have legal authority to rebuke him, to bind him, to cast him out. You say, why? Because you're not in the will of God. In fact, he has every right. He has obtained the right. To withstand you because he sees when you step out the will of God, God's, God is not obligated to protect. Because everything about God for your life is where? In his will. So that means when you step outside the will of God, and you try to activate faith, guess what? You're actually acting against God. It's the hedge of protection in your life. Number two, it's the parameter of God in your life. Oh, my God. Let me show you how it's the parameter of God for your life. Did you know that Jesus knew the parameters of his life? Uh, well, let me say this. Let me say this. It's going to sound funny. I didn't intend to say it, but I'm going to say this. Let me show you how Jesus knew the parameters of God for his life, the Father for his life. Look at this. Why do you think Jesus never married? He knew the parameter of the will of God in his life. He knew his purpose and he knew his calling. He didn't marry. You say why? It was the will of the Father for him not to. So you know what that means? Had he married, he would never have been able to fulfill what he had come here to do. Because remember, he said from the get-go, I've come to do my Father's will. Mm. Now, listen to this now. Because it's the hedge of protection and the parameter of God on your life, it also implies that the will of God, not your faith, Jesus, it determines What's possible in your life? Oh, my God. L let, me, let me show you this in the scripture so you realize this is not my doctrine. This is the word of God. This is what the church has left. Listen to this. 
Luke 22, verse 43, verse four, sorry, Luke 22, verse 42 and 43. Listen to what it says closely. See it from a whole different perspective. Because if there was any man that had faith without limits, it would have been Jesus. Say amen if you agree with that. It would be Jesus. Nobody that's ever walked this earth has ever had more faith than Christ. That's impossible. But now watch this dilemma in his life. Verse 42 and 44. Saying, Father, if thou be willing. Now listen to that. Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Oh my God, I'm mercy. You, you, you gotta get this now. You gotta hear it again. Now. Saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will. Jesus wanted out. He wanted out. Hear me. He wanted out. But hear what happens. And remember now, at this point, you and I know the story. He's praying so intensely that his sweat is like drops of blood. But yet, even though he prayed intensely, he asked this question. Now, if there's ever a person whose ways pleased the Father, it was Jesus. But hear what he says now. Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. And he's, remember, he's in trauma now. But then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Then look what happens the minute he gets back in sync with the Father's will. Listen to this. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. My goodness. So in other words, when he stepped out, the angel could not do nothing. The angel could not even appear until he said, Father, not my will, but thy will. Give me a wave if you're hearing it. Give me a wave if you're hearing it. Not my will. You want to see angelic manifestations? You want to see the supernatural? You just saw it right here in the life of Christ. Not even your angels can work for you or do things for you when you are outside of the will of God. Because angels only do the bidding of the Father. Oh my God of mercy. If anybody, if the Father would have done anything for anybody, if there's, if there's a person the Father would have done anything for, it would have been his son. Mm. Now, P. 
picture this. Can you imagine all the demons that Jesus cast out in his ministry? All of the supernatural things he did in his life. Now, processing that, the amount of demon-possessed people he delivered. And then keep this in your spirit now. From the day Jesus dealt with the devil in the wilderness, the Bible says something profound. It says, and the devil left for a season. Satan was always waiting for an opportunity. Jesus of mercy. And in the garden of Gethsemane, he saw that for a split second in time, Jesus wanted out of the Father's will. So that means, oh, this is too, this is, see, this is easy to hear, but hard to digest. That means Jesus' whole place of protection while he was here on the earth was in the Father's will. Oh, my God of mercy. Oh, my God of mercy. That angel, <laughs> that angel couldn't come. The father, the father would not release that angel until Jesus got back to the will. One second feels like an eternity when you step outside the will of God. One second can feel like an eternity. Because you're not at the place to appropriate. You're not at the place to receive. What is faith? What is faith in the will of God? It's the, write this down. It's the platform of the supernatural. It gives us the ability to appropriate the supernatural. It gives us the ability it gives us the ability to operate in our original state, the way we were created originally by the Father. You were created to function in the supernatural. Mark 9.23 Famous scripture. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe. 
Now, do you know that anytime you have to believe, this is how the supernatural works. The purpose of faith, the purpose of faith, oh, God of mercy, this is so good. Listen to this, people. The purpose of faith is to obstruct the natural flow of things that's coming against your life. So that means there are things in your life only way they can change is by faith in the will of God. What are the hallmarks of faith? What are the hallmarks of faith? Listen to this. The hallmarks of faith. Expectation. Divine expectation. Godly expectation is not hype. It is the unseen reality to the natural eye of what God has done, he's about to manifest that the eye can't see, so it can't reach to believe it. Hear what, this, hear what Psalms 62 says. Psalms 62. And, and how do you know when it's really faith? How, how do you really know it? Because what if I said to you that true faith is solid? There's no mixture in true faith. It is solid. Listen to this. Psalm 62, verse 5 to 7. Listen to what it says. It says, My soul, wait thou upon only God. Listen to this now. For my expectation is from him. He, now here's, tell me if this doesn't sound like somebody, does, tell me if this doesn't sound like somebody solid and strong right now. He is, he, sorry, he only. In other words, faith does not have a crutch to stand on. He only. You know why we're not committed to our faith? We've got too many crutches. We've got too many alternatives just in case it doesn't work. Just in case it doesn't happen. So you can't even really say that you're believing. Hear it. Hear it again. My soul wait thou only upon the Lord. For my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I want you to say it with me. Say it after me. Lord, say, lift your hands. Say it after me. Lord, you are my rock. You are my defense. And hear what he then says now. I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. Do you know what are we seeing today with people who are saying they believe in God? They're too easily moved. 
a person that is persuaded in their faith does not move. A person that is persuaded is going to stand on the, let me say something. When you stand on the word, you know what's going to happen? God's going to show up. Every time. You see, God knows whether or not you believe. But you don't know what you really believe till you're faced with a crisis. Talk is cheap, but it costs to walk. Do you really believe? Mm. Oh, I love this. In God, in God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Psalm 62, verse 5 to 7. Expectation, expectation, expectation is, one, is also another activity that faith is working in your life. Listen to this. Acts chapter 3, verse 4 to 5. It's a well-known story. We all know the story of the crippled man at the gate, beautiful. Listen to this. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him, upon him with John. Now, let me stop right there. Let me give you some background to this. This, to me, makes me laugh. This crippled man had been crippled from his mother's womb. And he, listen to this now. And he was at the gate of the church, the temple. I want you to imagine the place where the presence of God is. Now listen to this now. The bishop walked past him for years. The prophet walked past him for years. The evangelist walked past him. All the deacon board, all the missionary boards, all of the well-known, I want you to visualize, because that's what we have in church right now. Nothing is happening, and we're walking a past the needs of people. And he sat there, but something happened. Because this day, the Bible says he fastened his eyes on them, expecting to receive. Oh, my God of mercy. You know, when, I'm, you know, when I minister to people, people do not understand this. When I lay hands on people, guess what? The first thing I look and I measure is people's expectation. You say, why? Because your expectation gives away your faith. God is not going to push you to receive something. He wants to know, do you really expect to receive it? Now, do you know what happens? When you expect to receive something, guess what? It's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. Is there anybody here right now can say that when God shows up, that's what you've been waiting for. That's what you've been looking for. It's no surprise because you've been expecting it. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you. Actually, I can tell by looking at you, you are looking for God to show up. You are waiting for God to do what he said. Your expectation is out there. The angels of the Lord are watching your expectation. Something supernatural is going to happen in your life because expectation is a sign that faith is working. 
look on us. And the Bible says he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Oh, my goodness gracious me. Oh, my God. What is faith again? Hear this. Faith is how heaven's realities are realized and actualized. I'm going to say it to you again. Faith is how heaven's realities are realized and actualized. What if I said to you, <laughs> time doesn't tell the truth. <laughs> I'm going to say this again. Time doesn't tell the truth. You know what time tells? Your situation. It tells your circumstance. That's why you can tell me how long you've been sick. That's why you can tell me how long you've been in a position. You say, why? Because time tells your situation. But guess what? Faith tells time. Time was never designed to tell faith. You say, why? Because when the fall took place, time was one of the... Time was one of the dimensions that fell and Satan had access to. Why do you think when Jesus was here, and remember when he was casting out this demon? Remember what the demon said? Have you come to cast us out before our time? Even demons have a sense of time. You say, why? Because Satan had access to it when man sinned, time fell. Oh, my God. So faith tells the truth. Oh, my God. Faith tells the truth because faith corrects time and tells time what to do. Now, when you're not in faith, guess what? Then you accept what time tells you. Listen to this now. I got to move on. This is powerful. Listen to this now. What is faith? Faith is the application. Faith is the application of truth. Truth is the power of faith. What is, what is truth? I love this statement. What is truth? Listen to this now. Truth is the realization of something in its original state. I'm going to say it to you again. Truth is the realization of something in its original state. See, See, originally, oh my God, originally you were not sick. Originally, you were not diseased. So if I'm speaking to the original you, guess what? You're healed. You're, you hear me? I said you're healed. You're delivered. You're set free. You're no longer the fallen you because the cross took care of the fall. 
Oh, my God. Hear it again. Truth is the realization of something in its original state. So truth is God's conclusion. It's the end. It's the end of a thing from which God begins a thing. So remember what the scripture says? He declares the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. Do you understand now why? You don't have to wait to see a thing to start praising God. You start praising God in advance because you know how it's going to, you hear me good, because you know how it's going to come out. You're not going by time where you're waiting. You're going by faith where it has already happened. So you know something that time doesn't know. So because you know something time doesn't know, you're rejoicing ahead of time. Oh, hallelujah. Truth is not a thing, it's a person. So when God calls you, when God tells you to do something, it's because he knows what you are. He knows what you are. What if I said to you, do you know why God will always tell you to give? Because in your original state, you are never broke unless you cooperate with it. You're never poor unless you cooperate with poverty. Oh my God of mercy. And then hear this now. Famous scripture now that we all know. Because this is what Jesus lived in. Famous scripture that you all know. I couldn't talk about truth without saying this scripture now. John 8, 32. And you shall what? Know the truth. <laughs> and you shall know the truth. And what does the truth do? So how do people really know that you're walking in the truth? Because you're free. You're delivered. You're set free. Because there's nothing higher than the truth. And truth is what the will of God is based on. And truth is the power behind faith. So faith is the reality of what you can't see. But faith is the highest reality of faith. Hear it again. Truth is the high. Truth is the only reality of faith. So, if, so guess what? If it's not true, guess what? Faith won't accept it. Faith won't believe it. You can't believe for what you know is not real. You can't believe for what you know is not true. Now, hear this now. Hear this now. Hear this now. Hear this now. Third John of the Epistle. Chapter 1, <laughs> verse 3 and 4. Hear what the scripture says now. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. Hear this. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So in other words, if you're not walking in faith, you're not walking in the truth. 
Oh, my God of mercy. Oh, my goodness gracious me. Oh, my goodness gracious me. Did you hear? Are you hearing? Are you hearing it? Oh, my God of mercy. Oh, my God. 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 Do you notice I only read you one faith verse? All the other scriptures I gave you was what? The will of God. The will of God. The will of God. The will of God. You go back. Hear me. Let me ask this. Let me ask this question. You and I know this because you're mature people. Isn't giving the will of God? Isn't tithing the will of God? Say it. Give me a wave. We all know it. So that means, hear this. If you break it, you're outside of God's economy. It's just that simple. So economically, you're not in the will of God. So that means now you have to work the curse to get your means to live. I forgot one day when I was pastoring, this young man said to me, Apostle Ronnie, pray for me. I'm having financial difficulties. Now, I knew the young man real well. Let me make you laugh with something. He never tithed. Never gave. So, how, how, hear this now. How then can you, how then can the priest of God say, God, bless him? He's violated the law regarding the will of God. How can the servant of God bless it? Faith without works is what? One word. Dead. So hear this now. If I step outside the will of God, you know what the word teaches also? God is not obligated to hear me even when I pray. That's how, that's how powerful this. Can you understand now why with Jesus, it was not, in fact, do you notice that when Jesus was here as a man, he didn't mention so much about his faith in the Father. That was never the issue. With Jesus, the issue was the will of in other words, Jesus knew if he obeyed the will of the Father, everything would happen. If he obeyed the will of the Father, everything would manifest. And then one day, he stepped out in Gethsemane. And I tell you right now, the church is at a Gethsemane. You say, why? Because in the end times, the Bible does not say things are going to get easier. They're going to get harder. This is your Gethsemane. But do you crack under pressure? Hear this now. Now, pastors, you will love this. You know what most of you do? You stop giving. Well, hear this. If you stop giving, you stop living. If you stop giving, then you know what God says? I no longer need to supply seed. Say why? Because it's the will of God. Notice what I'm saying. It's the will of God. Hear it again. It's the will of God. It's the will of God. Let me close with this now. Let me close with this now. And I'm going to give you a quick synopsis in this. How much of what Jesus did was by faith 
or the will of God? What if I said to you, Jesus' whole life, why faith was not an issue to him, was because it was 100% in the will of God. And I tell you right now, The word is the will of God. And it says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then what does it say about the word? It says, Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, so shall my word be. That goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. It shall accomplish that which I please. And it will prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Hear me. The word has to work. It's got to work. But listen. Because I, I can't get past this. Because this is powerful. Go back with me to Gethsemane. Jesus had all the faith of heaven. And that was not enough to remove the will of God. You know what you got to do? Get back in the will of God. And two, if it's written, stop questioning it. Do it. Do it. I want you to lift your hands with me right now. Because, oh my God. Lift your hands up right now, people. Wherever you are, lift your hands up before God. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I break every force, every false concept of faith. And I command that there be a return to the will of God without question. And the promises that have been on hold that we've been trying to engineer by our own faith. Father, right now, let what the people believe according to your word come forth in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every yoke be broken. Be broken. Be, oh God, I feel it right now. Be broken. I command right now, heaven and earth to shift on your behalf. I command synchronicity between heaven and earth and you and God in that you right now be found in the center of God's will. Father, we align ourselves to your word and none other. We realize, Father, it's not about so much faith. It's about your will. Lift your hands up before the Father. Father, I speak right now a spirit of submission and obedience will come upon your people where they will simply 
obey you and none other. That they will take you at your word and none other. In Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, I declare, just as how you said it, we too can say, Father, we have come to do your will, O God. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Lift your hands up before the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Barabo Go ahead, pray in the spirit, people. Connect to the will of God. Connect to the God. Pray in the spirit. The word says pray always. In the name of Jesus. 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 Now that we're in your will, all things are possible. <laughs> now that we're in your will, all things are possible. And I tell you of them before they come forth that they will spring forth supernaturally. Just like how that angel was waiting for Jesus to say, not my will, but thy will be done before the angel could come. I tell you right now, you might not realize it. Your angel has come tonight. Your angel has, oh my God. Your angel has come tonight to assist you. To assist you in your circumstance. To assist you in your situations. The angels of the Lord encamp. Round about them that fear him. But how can you fear him if you're not in the will of God? Now you're in the will of God. The angels are doing their job. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Father. I declare your presence. Your presence. I declare your power. Now demolish Every stronghold of the enemy now be demolished in Jesus' name. Show yourself strong, Lord. Show yourself strong. Show yourself strong in Jesus' name. Father, restore your testimony back in their life, Lord. Let the miraculous manifest in each life again. Lord, we're sorry. Lord, we repent, Lord, for ever stepping out. We step back in. The will of God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my God, my God, my God. Hallelujah. That was how Jesus lived in faith as a man. That's why regarding his own self, he didn't speak much about faith pertaining to him. It was the will of the Father. Amen. Oh, Holy Spirit, do your work in each life, I pray. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And amen. Oh, hallelujah. If you received, I want you to give a hand wave so I can see you received the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. 
and amen and amen. People, right now, I'm going to simply say to you right now, it is time to sow. It is time to release that faith. You say, why? We're talking about the will of God in this kingdom economy. People, I'm not saying, I don't even feel to say anything because I believe in understanding the will of God. You can't fight the will of God. It is the will of God that we give. Now, people, let me say this to you right now. Remember, if, if the infinity center is not supported, then it's obvious, you know, you can't continue it. But what you give helps us to. Like, we have our staff here in order to do it. So, people, we want you now to sow your seed. The means for you to give are up on the screen. You can text to give. Hallelujah. You can text to give. The free means. I know but for some of you, you go to the website afterwards to give. You can. But people, it is what you sow determines how far we can go. So I want you now to simply obey the Lord. Remember, people, we're trying to reach a thousand people. I mean, there's so much going on so that we can do the school of the supernatural online. I mean, I mean, you, you've been, if you've been to our last four sessions, you know for yourself these are powerful sessions. Well, what do you think the school is going to be like? It'll be a whole nother dimension. So, people, we want you right now to sow. Sow. Sow your offerings online. Sow a special seed right now, people. Hallelujah. I want you to bow your head so I can bless you before you give. Father, these are your people. Your word is true. And Lord, if it's your will for us to give, you've said in your word that you're going to multiply and give back. And you don't, I just heard it, you don't give back without multiplying it. So Father, right now I declare as we're in the season of canceled debt, as we're in a Shemitah year, the seventh year, a year of release, I declare that those who reach out to give, Father, show yourself strong in a supernatural way, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. While you're giving your offering, you may go on, you may sow right now as I'm speaking. I want to share something with you that's very important. This is going to really bless you. For years, people have asked us to do counseling. Well, I've got news to tell you. We now, I, Apostle Rennie McLean, we are now starting our kingdom council. When you come off the site tonight, you go to our webpage, and you'll see all the information yourself. What you'll see, just look for kingdom council. It's where I personally will counsel you if you're a minister. If you're a minister, if you are a minister, because, you know, if we open it to everybody, I just would, I wouldn't, I would never preach again because I have to be counseling all the time. But all the details of that, if you are in ministry, if you are a minister, I'm going to counsel you. I mean, it's very powerful. All the details are there. So I want you to, after this, go to, um, you know, go to um, my webpage, go to rmm.global, rmm.global, and you will see the Kingdom Council.
kingdom council. It's where I show you how to build your church, your ministry. I mean, it help you even in your business. It will really help you. Do you know that in the end times that the market goes by way of the spirit of prophecy? And it takes somebody with prophetic insight to prepare your business so you can be a Joseph in the marketplace. Oh, hallelujah. So you have that. So, and I'm going to say this to you. Thank you for reminding me. The council is one-on-one. It's not a room of people. It's me on you, me and you. You will, me and you, we will, I will zoom you. All the details are there. It's one-on-one counseling. So uh, it's something you have no idea. People have asked us to do it for years. Now the time has come. So where if you're a minister, I extend that to you. Tell your ministers who you know that Apostle Rennie now does kingdom counsel for leaders, for ministers. All right, God bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. But people, we need you to sow. We need you to sow. We need you to sow. Oh, and uh, I must service. please write this date down. We're going to advertise it. But April 16th is going to be our special Passover service. Now, people, let me tell you this. Don't, do not miss that meeting. I'm going to be ministering at that Passover, the Passover blessing of the end times. And I'm going to be, and it's going to be, and I'm, I'm going to tell you what it's called. The Lord said to me to teach my people the mystery of the seven. The mystery of the seven, the end time meaning of the seven. And those who catch this blessing are going to find out you're going to be way ahead of time. But it's an end time message. And it's only going to be at the infinity center. Wait, so it's going to be, we're going to do two. One is going to be on the Infinity Center, and then we're going to do it. Do another um, revelation of it on the 16th of April. So people, do not miss it. Now, as I leave, I want to say this to you. People, I want you to tell everybody you know about the Infinity Center. In Jesus' name, share it. Remember what I said, the goal is, to reach a thousand people. You say, why? Because that lets us know what more we can do. But my school in London was 1,500 people. 1,500 people with 40 different nations. So you're going to get some things. Like how you've been here in the last three, four sessions. As you can tell, these teachings I do here, you're not hearing it any other place. It's strictly for the Infinity Center. So I want you to spread the word for us. And remember, so, so, so. And don't forget, start preparing your Passover seed. Now, this is the key, people. Start preparing it. Because if this is a Shemitah year, the year of rest, then people don't understand. Passover this year is very significant. You say, why? Because it's the first, it's the first set time in the Shemitah year. So it's where God's going to start to do things suddenly and quickly. So remember now, prepare it, and it cannot be a small seed. It has to be supernatural. All right? Well, God bless you. I love you all, Father. I dismiss your people. Lift your hands up. Father, I dismiss your people. I bless them in your presence. 
And Father, thank you that we know now that the key to how you lived in faith was being in the will of the Father. And Father, we choose to stay in your will. God bless your people. I bless them as your servant now. And as a son of Israel, as a legitimate son of Israel, I stretch my hands towards them and I pronounce the blessing be upon you. The Lord's face be made to shine upon you. Prosperity light your path, I pray. In the name of Jesus the Christ, go in peace. See you next week, Thursday, at the Infinity Center. God bless you. See you all. See you all. See you all. Bye-bye. For more Breakthrough Encounters, visit us on rmm.live.